Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 for Knowledge. I am George. I'm Danny. And today we are in Danny's capable hands. And Danny, you are teaching us about what today? Oh, my God. What am I teaching us? I don't know. That's why I asked. (laughs) Um, So my original topic was going to be specifically about uh, the history of driving lessons. Driving lessons specifically. Or or learning to drive, even. Okay. And it is still partially that, but uh, because of the rabbit hole that is the internet... I ended up going into like kind of the history of just cars in general in the UK. This is specific to the UK. I don't know what driving was like in Australia or any other places, but uh, at least looking at regular driving in the UK, that's kind of what I started looking at. So, I mean, we should get this out of the way no. first. It's just it just sprung into my mind when you mentioned UK driving specifically. Uh-huh. In your opinion, uh-huh. <laughs> you look worried. <laughs> Do you think we're driving on the right side of the road? Oh, come on. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. I mean the left. Is <laughs> the left right? <laughs> I, I, I forgot how this works. Is it the UK that's the one that's out of sync with everywhere else? or is it? I would argue that, and I'm probably completely wrong, I would argue that we we were first. <laughs> That doesn't mean like the first idea is always the best I like, one. I like how out of the boat, out of the two of us, you're the one with the driving license asking me, the man without the driving license. I just feel like it makes sense when you turn left. Okay. <laughs> and 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 the second question I had is like, so this episode was born, you know, I guess was it born out of a curiosity because you've started learning how to drive? It was born out of my frustration of trying to learn to drive. Because I because one, I learned I suck at learning to drive. Okay. Um but two, I would argue I probably didn't have a good driving instructor. I see. And uh and I've stopped driving now. And 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 there's additional frustration because I don't know if you you probably noticed there's a massive backlog of people wanting to learn to drive and do driving exams because of COVID. Yeah. Uh and there, so there was a big, you know, uh, backlog of them um so i'm in this really annoying position of wanting to learn to drive having the time and the money to learn to drive but i can't find anyone because i oh, live, really? I live okay. in a village uh where there's zero people to teach there was one person to teach me and she taught me for about six not six months a few months and at the end of it i was like yeah no because from my perspective i didn't think she was that good of a teacher yeah Mostly because she was shouting and swearing at other drivers. Oh wow! Whilst whilst teaching me, uh, which I heard you're not meant to do. Well, I mean, like that's modelling really terrible road rage. Yeah. So they say that if you're younger, it's easier to like pick up new skills, <laughs> and actually, it's like you spend fewer hours learning how to drive as a younger person. So as an old man as, now, as an absolute <laughs> ancient spectre of time. Yeah. Do you think it's taking you longer because of age? I okay. I think it's uh, one age because I am getting decrepit uh two i think i'm stubborn because <laughs> honestly because, because i'm at this stage where i'm like no that's not how it's meant to work even though i know nothing about how it's meant how a car is meant to work and, and then three it's because i'm probably overconfident i remember daro breen doing this thing where he was like yeah learn to drive at 32 you have a bit of confidence because you're 32 yeah or whatever whereas if you're 16 you'd fall to pieces if anything went wrong but because you're 30 something 
and something goes wrong, you're like, oh, whatever. God, <laughs> it's the road's fault, bothered. not mine. <laughs> I don't care about how many ambulances I'm keeping up or whatever. They'll wait for me. Look at the big L on the, on the car. Um, so, yeah, so I think all of that hasn't helped. <laughs> I mean, I, I asked that question as, a, as, as an insult for laughs, but you answered that very honestly. <laughs> and, you know, I think, uh, I think me and the listeners will really appreciate that. You, you had a different... Um, a different uh, road, so to speak, on nice. your way to... I've got so many of these. Excellent. Uh, on, on, on your road to learning to drive, you took a different path because you did uh, an intense course. You did it in like two weeks or a couple of weeks or something? No. I took ages. Was it? Yeah, I did like 40 hours, mate. Okay. So, I, I mean, it was intense because it wasn't I had a deadline. Yeah, because it wasn't well, It wasn't one hour a week for 40 weeks, was it? You, you, I thought it was way more intense than that. I did... Um, it was, yeah, I did an hour every couple of, you know, I did like maybe some, some weeks I did two lessons, some weeks I right. just did one. Um, essentially I was moving to a place where I had to yeah. drive and I've never had to drive before because I live in London. And yeah, I just had to learn to drive very quickly and it was very tense when I failed my test the first time. Oh yeah. Um, and then the second time I passed the test and it was literally just in time. If I didn't pass that second time, I would have moved away <laughs> to a place where I had to drive with no license. Um, a bit dicey. Second time I passed, not a single fault, smashed nice. it. Congrats. If only I did that the first time, but no, it's not a competition. Right. Everyone does it at their own pace. Yeah, exactly. And to I... say otherwise is toxic masculinity gone wild. Absolutely. 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 Um, and how also, you... all this rubbish, sorry to interrupt you, <laughs> I know it's your episode, but this is a bit, there's a thing close to my heart. People's need to drive manual oh, or to drive drive stick for our american listeners is just absolutely ridiculous speaking as a man who absolutely hates learning to drive manual i agree it's just you know it's not your knob <laughs> it's like it, it's like why why does it matter grip it like the point of a car is to get from a to b i know there's you know people are very enthusiastic about cars people are you know dangerously enthusiastic oh, yeah. i'd say yeah. to the point of it being a bit sexual yeah over I mean, the love of machines and the exhaust pipes and the holes and, and the different <laughs> knobs you can turn and twist like get over yourself the, the, this is why i want a really plain car with no no knobs whatsoever i'm gonna have, I'm gonna have all <laughs> knobs design all knobs banned in my future <laughs> hypothetical car um as long as it gets you to a to b yeah yeah i i completely agree and i was in the same position of having Never learned until now because I was like, I never needed to learn because I was always in places with, you know, good public transport and, and such. Don't need to, so don't mean to like rob the fact that London is amazing in, but yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It is. Yeah, it's great. Um, and, but how was your, and in terms of like, obviously you've only learned to drive once. It's not like you learn to drive past and then learn to drive something else again and whatever. Your, what was Ooh, your I impression? Like I might need to learn how to drive again. What do you mean by my impression though? Y- your impression of like the learning to drive process. Uh, okay. Um, so similar to you, I had, I did it with, uh, who did I do it with? RAC? No. Mm-hmm. D something. DM, run DMC. No. Yeah, um, them guys. Them guys. I did it with them guys. That guy. But they were, my first instructor was scary. <laughs> I, I had like one hour of the car with him and he was just like so frustrated that I couldn't do the clutch. And, and I was like, mate, I'm a teacher. This is before I was like part of the award-winning podcast in Bahrain. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I had, this guy was scared, so frustrated with me that I couldn't do the clutch. And I was like, mate, you're making this situation worse. Yeah. You should be modelling the calm that we need on the road. 
And after one hour of him, maybe I had two hours of him, I was just like, this isn't working for yeah. me. So I dropped him, dumped him. And then I found another guy. Um, shout out Sarjan, absolute ledge. Um, he was fantastic and he put me really at ease. And, you know, the 36 hours that I had with him will always be very close to my heart. And it's a very tender memory. Wow. So overall, 36 out of 40 positive. Yeah, it was great. Nice. Okay. Well, that, that that's good because... And there's a lot of freedom and it's I, I love driving. Mm. It's fantastic. I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't been able to drive since 2017, since I moved back to London. I feel a bit rusty. I feel like I would like to do a couple of lessons again. Isn't it amazing that there is absolutely no requirement on you to relearn or to have some kind of refresher? It is only my pure fear yeah. of killing everyone around me and people that I love that doesn't that stops me from going onto the road again when I haven't I'm sure it's like riding a bike but a, this is like riding a bike that doubles up as a tank there is nothing there is no legal requirement stopping you from renting out the fastest production car possible right now and driving at night on a motorway or in the middle of a residential area. <laughs> well, hopefully after this episode doesn't inspire me, you, you and I to go on a road trip. Let's just go. <laughs> well, so, so to get into it, to get into the actual history of it, uh, and the reason I ask is because learning to drive now is very different. Driving right now is very different to... Wait, hold on. Are, are we starting? Yeah. Are, we, are we going in? We're, 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 right, we're going yeah, in. We're, we're Here going we are. The history of... of the, I don't know. It's, it's the history of learning to drive and driving in the UK. Great. Let's go with that. I can't wait for that title. That's what I was going to look on a thumb, just the history of driving. All right. I'm ready to learn. That's it. So, yeah, I want to learn about the history of driving, because it's very different to drive now. It is when we first started. And so I started looking into the history, and then that ended up going into, wait a minute, if I'm learning about the history of learning to drive, you kind of have to get into the history of cars in the UK, like where this all came from. Right. Um, so that's how this all got triggered. Um, the first cars weren't really called cars. It was more like uh, motor vehicles and personal locomotives, personal steam locomotives, <laughs> if you can believe it. Uh, I don't know why, but... <laughs> <laughs> what? Personal locomotive just, like, makes me giggle. <laughs> personal Yeah, because it sounds ridiculous. It's like one guy, like one very small guy in a giant contraption. <laughs> Like a giant Rube Goldberg machine that just pushes in very slowly along it's the like, road. It's like, see, I think it just makes me imagine... I think what makes me laugh... The reason why it makes me laugh is I imagine like a single man train. <laughs> That's not a one man train. Off. It's not far off of what I researched. Don't worry, guys. I'm just getting my yes, personal locomotive. <laughs> I'll be there in an hour. Choo-choo. <laughs> With a little whistle. So this is after the Industrial Revolution where you start getting steam-powered railways... Rail locomotives or train locomotives, rail, lo- rail locomotives, whatever, steam-powered boats. And then naturally, something I didn't realise and something I'd never thought of was, people were like, well, what about steam-powered road things? Yeah. Steam-powered horse carts yeah. without the horse. Uh. Well, I mean, it doesn't really make sense. Otherwise, you're just dragging a horse. <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon there was just like one man who just like strapped an engine to a horse? Like, how do you make this horse go faster? <laughs> I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that was the natural like logic. They were like, wait a minute. If I have a horse, I'm just strapped a steam engine to it. It'll be double the horse. <laughs> horse in a jetpack. It's just so stupid. But that's the thing. So, so the the most common form of transport on road back then was by horse and horse cart, horse carriage, whatever you want to call it. And then people were like, uh, "Why would you need a horse? We have steam power now." And so they started using what were essentially on road little trains and like little train locomotive vehicles. Um, 
And it wasn't the most practical thing. And it wasn't a cheap thing. It was still very much in the realm of the very wealthy, mm. the very elite, that kind of stuff. And so we're talking about the 1800s at this point. So it's not until about the 1880s when people start thinking about actual cars, like the actual car wheels and a chair and a steering wheel, that kind of thing. And uh, the the person who's credited as creating the world's first production car slash practical automobile is Karl Benz, uh, a German fellow in 1885 with the Benz patent motor wagon. And wagon spelled the German way, W-A-G-E-N, so I say Motorwagen. Wagen. The Motorwagen by Carl Benz. Um, and if you were thinking Benz, yes, that Benz. That Benz? Mercedes Benz Benz. I was like, that's familiar. Yeah, I was like, car Benz. Uh, but yeah, so there was the Benz kind of like car company. And then they merged with a company called DMG, which would then go on to become Mercedes Benz. Nice. So yeah, uh, that's recognised as the first, you know, production car in the world. So that's 1885. And then, what I just going to say, like what, are, like again, like these these people that changed the course of history, mm. and it's just like Carl Benz, just like do not know, do not know what, where he was heading. You know what really know upsets me? What he does? He's like put us on a road to global warming. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was already happening. <laughs> ah, steam steam and stuff, I guess. Uh, what really upsets me is that he's called Carl Benz. Like he couldn't just take the L from his name and just be called call himself Carl Benz. That was so close. <laughs> So close. You think, do you think that's how the name came about? Because he's just like, what are we going to call it, Carl? He's like, mm, I just want my name all over it. I, I mean, do, do you do you have an answer to that question? Because I've got a theory where I, Carl comes I, from. I, I don't have. I don't because they didn't really call. Well, because it was kind of like carriage. Exactly. That's what yeah. I was going to say. You got the word car and carriage. The first three letters of carriage is car. Mo- so it's carriage, and then it became motor carriage. And I wouldn't be shocked if at some point they bastardized it and went motor carriage, motor car, motor car. And it car, just car. slowly got smaller yeah. and smaller, as we are like as as a species, we love to do. And then Carl Benz was just like, yeah, but what if you call it a Carl? Come on, call call it a Carl after me. Hey girl, hop in my car. And, and the guy was like, and everyone else spoke to him. He was like, no, Carl, we're not going to call it a Carl. It's probably more likely probably the carriage, the first one, yeah. the carriage one. Yeah. <laughs> So 1885 is when the first production car comes into existence. In the 1890s, these start becoming more popular. And so 1890s into the late 1890s, uh, towards 1900, uh, we saw... So we're still pre-World War One at this point. We are pre a lot of things at this point, which yeah. is still kind of wild to think about in a way. Yeah. Because it's like, there are now cars and it's... The Titanic hasn't even been thought up yet, kind of thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah. So it's that, so that's kind of like, it gives a bit of perspective. Titanic 1912? Yeah, 1912. Yeah. Well, 1912 is when it sank. I don't know when they built it. I don't know if it took like 20 years to build it. Well, it was its maiden voyage. It wasn't that long after. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, hot take, hot take. Hot take about this 100-year-old thing. Um, but yeah, so the first cars were all imported. Uh, sorry, the first cars coming into the UK, all imported. There weren't cars being built in the UK. There from Germany. Yeah. So from Germany and other places started to like kind of catch up at this point. Uh, there's some contention about what the first British car was. Okay. Or, or who made it. Uh, the, the name that gets thrown around is George Lanchester. Oh. And side note, Lanchester is probably the most British name I've heard that doesn't exist. Like Lancaster. Lester, Lanchester. Lanchester. Yeah. Great. I, I thought that was a great name. Uh, so here's the name, the name that comes up when it, in, in terms of first British-made car, or all-British-made car. Um, but then it got revealed that some components were French and German, so the guy was just told, like, no, you don't have the, all, the first all-British car. Lanchester is a village and civil parish in County Durham, England, for eight miles west of Durham and five miles from the 
former steel town of Consett. That's the most British paragraph I've ever heard in my life. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> so maybe he was from Lanchester. Who knows? Maybe Lanchester got named after him. So why do they think it was George? Uh, well, no, as in because he uh, he did like the construction of a bunch of cars. Amazing. So so so, so he he kind of helped start uh, the British automotive industry in a way. And he was like, oh, I've made the first Aubridge car with Aubridge components. And then some people were like. That bit's from France. That bit's from Germany, you phony. You um, great big phony. <laughs> you phony, so George. he was basically trying to make his own, like, this is an organic British-grown car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> British. Um, I, I, I didn't actually... Go follow, on, George. I Fantastic. Probably, I probably should have followed up on George Lanchester, but I didn't. I, I assume he was still fairly successful at just producing cars that were mostly British. Right. I'm sure he didn't put that on the badge. He didn't put that in the marketing, you know, no. mostly British cars. Yeah, um, mostly so, British. <laughs> so most of the cars being, you know, at this point, uh, mostly imported, mostly the very wealthy, the very exclusive. So it's the late 1890s. There are a bunch of cars just roaming around. <laughs> not not by themselves. they got like people in them and stuff. But funnily enough, there had been regulations. I was going to say, it was what? like Pokemon Arcade. <laughs> Which I really want to play. But it's like all these roaming wild cars. <laughs> well, you think there's just a bunch of, like, Victorian gentlemen, like, peeping out from behind the bushes. Look. <laughs> there's a Benz. We, we can catch them. <laughs> <laughs> you distracted. We'll get the net. Um, so, so, yeah, there's a bunch of cars roaming around the UK countryside at this point. Um, but there actually had been legislation and regulation about vehicles since 1835 oh, okay and i was like what i was like why would that be if there were like no cars before then or before the 1880s uh but it was the steam-powered vehicles yeah so it was a bunch of what i like to think were probably mad scientists and engineers just being like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take that train i'm gonna make it small and i'm gonna make wheels and put it on the road personal locomotive a personal locomotive nice so there were steam-powered vehicles on the roads in the 1800s uh, but you know when you think car, you're like, okay, car, driver, driver drives the car. Mm. These weren't that. These were like, you need a crew to drive this kind of thing because it's not like a one-man thing. It's a very complex machine with a lot of moving about. And remember, it's steam. You need to be like shoveling coal into this thing. Oh my whilst goodness, on the yeah. Road. <laughs> so um, there were there were all these things here. They weren't one person operated. Uh, it was more like a mini train. So it was, a real, it was a real, like, family affair. You've got, the dad, you've got someone, someone's, I was going to say the dad there, but, you know, we don't, don't want to, like, assume. But it's like, you know, someone, an adult is, like, aiming the personal locomotive, with children in the back, here. just, like, shoveling the coal. Let's be honest here. In the 1800s, it probably was a dad being like, I'm going to steer. And then, and then the least favoured child is the one that has to shovel the coal. The Oliver Twist so, of Grant. Yeah, again. yeah. The, the one who, you know, won't be a success in his father's eyes kind of thing. doesn't matter if he gets cold dust in his <laughs> yeah, eyes. It's, like, it's fine, it's fine. It's 1890, we don't care. Um, and there was... Faster, the faster! <laughs> no gruel for you tonight. Um, so there were accusations that, that there were some inconsiderate ticks going around in massive steam-powered locomotives damaging the roads by going at a ludicrous 10 miles an hour. That is ludicrous. <laughs> I saw some of the descriptions of, like, these uh, vehicles. Like, they're saying they were, these cars, cars, these vehicles were, like, nine feet long. They were nine massive. Nine feet long? Yeah, because they're not small things. They have to have... And, again, steam power wasn't even that efficient at this point. They hadn't perfected it. It was still garbage. How do you turn? I think they didn't care. You just go in a straight line. You didn't really have paved roads or anything like that. You didn't give a shit. I was going to say, like... What was the state of the roads at this point? Is you know, are we talking you know, horse and carriage times? 
It's like well, well, it wasn't tarmac. It was it was horse and carriage on basically dirt roads, and I think in the more built-up areas and advanced in massive quotation marks, it was like cobbled streets almost, like uh, yeah. like, like that kind of thing. Yeah, um, still getting torn to shreds though by by these steam locomotives. Um, so yeah, so for whatever reason, the public didn't embrace steam power road travel. I imagine there was a lot of, like, smoke flying around as well. That didn't help. What I mean is the Industrial Revolution that was not yeah. part of it anyway, but I'm sure it didn't help. No, it, it didn't. But also, for some reason, they embraced steam-powered railway, they embraced steam-powered boats, but when it came to steam-powered road travel, they were just like, nah, I'll stick to my horse. I'm trying to get a perspective on how long nine feet is. <laughs> well, and, yeah, it's like me... Well, I was going to say it's like me and you on top of each other. I'm 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 fine. <laughs> I don't mean like that. Daddy, I know we're in my bedroom. I mean, <laughs> I'm in here quite a lot together. I mean, if we were to lie down, <laughs> this this spoiler alert. This, this episode's gone off the rails. <laughs> nice. Um, no, but it's like it's like two of us, right? Yeah. Or, or two of one of us. Two that long, but that doesn't even seem that long. Wait, how how tall are you? Um, five. We're quite nine? similar. We're probably like, you're five eight, five nine. So that's basically like two of us. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, you, if, 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 if we were like on each other's shoulders, it'd be about that long. Yeah, if you had to put us in a street and just lie us down, that's probably that's okay. separate. Yeah, but it's like that. So it's so it's longer than the average car, but maybe not the insane like Batmobile length I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm, think, I'm <laughs> nine thinking nine feet long sounds like 1989 wow. <laughs> Michael Keaton. Is that limo? Kind of like, yeah, like no. this is ridiculous. Kind okay, of it's not as unreasonable. Like yeah. I thought. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you say it like that, I'm like, okay, maybe it's not that bad. Um, it's still long though. Uh, absolutely obnoxious vehicles. <laughs> I was like, how long are cars normally? Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so by the 1860s, there was concern that widespread use of uh, traction... So, so this is why like, there was public misgivings about it. By the 1860s, there was concern that widespread use of traction engines slash road locomotives uh, would cause widespread danger to the public, a.k.a. accidents, scaring horses, blocking narrow lanes, and heaven forbid, disturbing people at night. Oh, heaven forbid. Now, ironically, all of this has come true. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all happened. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't wrong, uh, but it happened anyways. So they were just like, fine, whatever. Minus the horses. Well, yeah. Well, no, I mean, horses still get scared. I mean, even in handbooks now, it's like, if you're driving past a horse, don't honk your horn and, like, run it over or whatever. <laughs> I love that. Um, and and this kind of, like, uh, attitude towards, like, road travel is, is, re- is reflected in these ridiculous legislations that ended up coming up from 1835 all the way up to the 1890s. Now, I've got two examples of what I thought were really funny legislations. So the first one, uh, or these are like parts of legislation. So there's like a whole giant roads act or whatever. And there's like one thing in it. So this is like the, this is now like the new laws coming in to keep up with the speed of production and new technology. These are laws to deal with steam locomotive boy races <laughs> who, are just go, who are just tearing up the country at 10 miles an hour. And I mean, how long would 10 miles an hour take you to pick a donut? <laughs> Just the longest donut cup. I don't even think that. I, I mean, they didn't have rubber tires at this point. I don't know what they were using. It's like, <laughs> it's like metal shields. Just, just like just tearing up every bit of pavement that they could. Uh, so the two examples of legislation that I found, uh, these are just key excerpts from them. There's the Locomotive Act 1861. Um, note, it's still called Locomotive Act. It's not called the Road Act or the Cars Act or anything like that. It's the Locomotive Act because they were on the roads. <laughs> it just sounds. It just sounds like a train that's just like left and <laughs> a, had a, a literally a train that's gone off it's the rails just, oh, literally off the rails so the locomotive act 1861 uh requirement for the vehicle to consume its own smoke wow and i was like what 
Like how? And I'm guessing it's because they were like train with a spout shooting out smoke on rails away from the city. Fine. Fine. You going down main roads, just Central shooting London. smoke all over the children. Well, actually, we don't care about the children, but shooting smoke yeah, all kids. over the adults. Not okay. And so for some reason, so I'm just picturing a car, a locomotive shooting out smoke and then having a vacuum on the back. And it's just one really crap, inefficient circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need to get our, our vacuum friends on this. It, on, honestly, it was so ridiculous. So the requirement for the vehicle to consume its own smoke and a speed limit of five miles per hour in inhabited Wow. That, that, you know, that, that 10 miles an hour was <laughs> too fast. Down to five ASAP. Do you know you, of where you've been learning to drive? Do you know, it's like there's that that distance where, um, in the theory, where you like slow. If you if you stop at twenty, and like someone's in front of mm-hmm. you, the damage done or the or the speed it takes for you to stop in time is obviously like that distance and that time increases the faster you're going. Yeah. So like at ten miles per hour <laughs> or even five miles per hour, I'm just picturing that scene from like Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like move, move. <laughs> Out of the way! <laughs> and he's like 50 metres. <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah. So oh, thank goodness someone was there think, using their yeah. like, thinking caps. Some, someone that five miles per hour speed limit on. We needed that. Someone was there thinking about the people, thinking about the little guys. Um, so, yeah, so, so there was that. The speed limit of five miles per hour in inhabited areas. Outside of inhabited areas, you could let it loose at 10 miles an hour. Sweet. If you wanted to. Gun it. Run over those pheasants. <laughs> and in the last one from the Locomotive Act 1861, the owner's name and weight of the vehicle had to be displayed on the vehicle at all times. Wait, the owner's weight? This is what got me when I first read it. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> no, not, not the car's weight, the owner's weight. <laughs> it's the weight of the vehicle. So, okay. so, so the owner's name and then the weight of the vehicle. <laughs> but yeah, but this is why I wrote this one down because I read it. I was like, wow, that'd be That's like... That's fat shaming. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, like maybe this would stop people from driving if they had to tell everyone what their weight was back then. I mean, I'd, I'd be an anxiety-ridden mess. Yeah. Just having to change the numbers after Christmas. and <laughs> You'd be there at like, the gas station trying to fill up and it's just, or the petrol station, apologies. I don't know where, where that came from. Um, like trying to fill up and it's like people are like driving past you, like looking at your car, looking at your weight and, and you're just like, hey, <laughs> sh- shut up. I mean, in 18, like in 1861, how do you even weigh yourself? <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I don't know how this works. Oh, you would have just like like hung, you know, really heavy weights like on your own nipples and just like would do some really complicated maths to work out like what the difference is. And you're just there like, oh yes. Ah, I see. see (laughs) Get my paint. I need to write it on the wagon. Uh, So that was 1861. Is that where? Do you know when like when when cars are racing, they have numbers? It's actually all this time. It's It's just just been people's weights. Next time watching F1 and be like, you fat bastards. <laughs> I don't think that's the case, but, no. but it could be. It could be. You can't, you can't rule anything out. First um, place and the skinniest. Oh, God. <laughs> Always winning because they're dedicated. They're dedicated. Dedicated to the sport. They're, they're committed to what must be done. Uh, anywho, so that was the Locomotive Act 1861. Great. The Locomotive Act of 1865. It writes here, th- th- this, is, this was called like the Red Flag Act, right? Absolutely bananas requirement here. Okay. And it shows how much disdain there was for locomotives at the time, or road locomotives. Locomotive Act 1865. Self-propelled vehicle must be accompanied by a crew of three. So to drive, there must be a crew of three. And a man with a red flag was to walk at least 60 60 yards or 55 metres ahead of the vehicle to warn others of its approach. 
What's the point? I, do you know what? So, re- hearing this, I'm just like, how did it get off the ground? It's It was just insane. Because again, you're, it's not a car. It's not a concept that people were used to of a machine just being operated by a person in the road. This gas-guzzling monster just like chugging out smoke yeah. going down the street. It doesn't matter how many vacuums it has in it to suck down the smoke. It's still terrifying. Do you know in like sexy films like Fast and Furious when you've got like like sexy women in like denim shorts yeah. <laughs> like it's like do you like waving flags at like street bases do you think this is like where the tradition came from it was exactly. <laughs> just like this like sexy man in a bowler ham <laughs> just like yeah, in front of the car waving a flag that's exactly how it is everyone's like ooh except it was except it was a man with a red flag being like car coming <laughs> Car will be here soon. Like, Car, get out of the way! And, and, and at night, he had to he had to have a red lantern to to let people know that the car oh was my coming. God. Because again, not car, locomotive. Because again, there was no requirement. the 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 locomotive didn't have lights in it. There was no regulation for any of this. It was just a big machine. <laughs> look, look, imagine it from like a villager's point of view in eighteen yeah. sixty something. You're at night. There's no lights. There's it's no just no lights. you and the stars. No and all of a sudden, all you hear in the distance is. And it's this weird metal beast. Oh, that was a fantastic foghorn impression. On on the horizon. And you'd be like, what is this mechanical monstrosity coming to kill me? I would argue... Yeah, no, you're, abs- yeah and, and, and you're absolutely right. And I would argue that's more terrifying. <laughs> you know, you've got, you've got already, you've got chugga 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 yeah. down the street. And it's like, you've yeah. seen the faint outline of this beast yeah. spewing smoke that you can't see. And just like, you know, <laughs> and then... Oh, yours is way better than mine. But then you, and then like you just, or oh, then you see a floating red light in the dark. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, at least with the red light, you'd be like, oh, thank God. It's just a guy in a locomotive. Yeah, but if you didn't know that, you'd if you just be it, like, yeah. oh my, that is literally a monster coming at me. Yeah, if you hadn't read the newspaper for like, for whenever they gave the updates on that, this stuff happened. Sergeant, get the shotgun! <laughs> Honestly, like, whenever I think of these machines, I think of that giant mechanical tarantula in, in Wild Wild West. Oh, yeah. And that's sick. all I can th- think about now. That's the best bit about the film. Uh, it's a f- and Will Smith. And Will Smith. Actually, I mean, the film is terrible. It's but, terrible, yeah. But it's a really fun time. Um, so, yeah, so that was the Red Flag Act. And just to add insult to injury... Can for, I just say, yeah. that's probably like what happened in Wild Wild West with that amazing <laughs> machine. That is probably like, these people have made these like really strict le- legislation that's like, this is what they were wanting. That's probably, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, this is what they that, pictured happening. Th- they probably thought like, that's like a, a, the end goal of all <laughs> of this. They, they were like, they want mechanical tarantulas right yeah. under the <laughs> uh, we, we must put a stop to this. Can't stop progress, mate. Can't stop progress. <laughs> and and just to add insult to injury and all of this, they then reduced the speed limit even further. So from that whopping... Well, how can you go slower than five miles per hour? Because two miles an hour. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so now you're walking... So already you had a man walking ahead of you and now you're actually going at a human being pace. Yeah. Again, slower, I'm surprised that this even... Even happened. Got on the road. Yeah. It, it was insanity. It's uh, so yeah, two miles an hour with a man with a flag in front of you, and you had to have two mates in the car with you at all times, and you had to go so slow that everyone could see you and just look at you and hate you for going so slow. Well, at that point, you didn't have to put the weight on the side of the vehicle; they could just judge you by just oh yeah, true, at you. true. Oh yeah, yeah, and your name was on the side of the vehicle, so they knew who you were. They were like that dickhead. Look at him with his three mates and a man with a flag. I don't know Henry Ford had two friends. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! Did you like those two? <laughs> So yeah, so that's uh, that's how that went. Um, 
And now the most egregious of these acts were eventually undone with the Highways Act 1896. So it wouldn't be until 1896 where they would kind of like remove the need for a man with a flag. Okay. And they would uh, let... So wait, how many years is that? Well, from from eighteen from the city laws to... from eighteen sixty one, so it's about thirty years of having a man with a flag. Thirty years of two miles per hour. Yeah. Oh, I'm flagman. But, but but also think of that. It, it's a relatively small number of people who do this. I think that's this, true. The, 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 this was mostly just safeguarding. It's like those kind of rules where this rule isn't a thing that even applies anymore, but it's just there because of reasons. Oh yeah, now we just roll out COVID vaccines before they're tested. And yeah, it's fine, like, yeah, it's, it's fine, 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 fine. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I get into it it's fine um, just enjoy roll out hmm? I said roll out oh yeah see I missed it I completely okay. missed it Gosh. It's, it's... I'm too busy focusing on my own puns I can't focus oh, on your so puns sorry. I'm sorry um, so the most egregious acts were removed in the Highways Act of 1896 paving the way nice paving the way uh, for widespread acceptance of driving uh, and the to- uh, the max speed you could do in inhabited areas now was 14 miles an hour wow which is better which is better, which I think those are kind of like a more growing acceptance of speed. Yeah. And I imagine after 30 years of people being a bit more used to seeing high-speed trains and maybe high-speed boats or whatever, they're like, yeah, maybe a high-speed car isn't the worst thing in the world. Is uh, that a 700% increase? Is it? Because 100% increase would have been four miles per hour. Yeah. So 700, per- 700% increase. It's a big increase no matter what. Sounds big. It sounds big. But then but again... It's, still, it's 14 miles per hour. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> you can now do an extra 12 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're still not in the killing zone, though. No, no, no. Well, I was actually going to say, it's just funny that that was the f- top speed. And most cars at a time could go up to 35 miles an hour by the late 1890s, um, or up to about 1900. Uh, and I just think it's funny that now, the, currently, as far as I know, the speed limit in the UK in residential areas can be about 20 yeah, miles an hour. it's generally 20, 20 if it's like a built-up area. So now, we, so now we're essentially up to like double the max speed yeah. of what people did before. Um, you actually know. It's 100 years in, in the making, it's fair enough. And the cars are faster and harder and yeah. more dangerous. And these are specifically in areas full of children and people and, you know, pensioners yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine, fine, it's fine, totally fine. So, people got places to be. They got places to be. We're very, very busy people here. We are. So busy. Too busy, I Too think. busy, frankly. Sick of it. Bring uh, in the four-day <laughs> four week, please bring in the four-day work week. I'm ready for it. So, we enter the 20th century. I mean, we, we enter the 1900s. We have a bunch of basic regulations... That mean people, mostly the rich and the connected and the elite, uh, can import motor vehicles and drive them around at a blazing fast 14 miles an hour, right? <laughs> Scaring horses, blocking narrow lanes and disturbing people at night. Horses must have been petrified. <laughs> they must Why have worst, no clue. Worst century to be alive for a horse. Worst <laughs> century. I am a horse on the Titanic about to go to war, whatever. Um, now... <laughs> I was trying to think of every bad thing that happened in that decade. I just pictured like one one horse in the deck of the Titanic next to the band that's playing as it sinks. He just sees the iceberg. He's like, ah, crap. Oh, don't worry, honeycomb. Just, just we'll get you out of here. I just can't catch a break. Um, so now, hi ho, silver. <laughs> I want to stress. I'm going to stress this like throughout uh, the rest of this. You're going to really drive but this point home. I'm going to drive. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's what I wanted to hear. Um, I want to stress, there are some legislation, right? Yeah. You're allowed to have a car. You're allowed to drive up to 40 miles an hour. In the 1900s. In in the early 1900s at yeah. this point, in terms of the amount of legislation. FYI, there's no minimum age limit. No way. There's no minimum age limit. <laughs> That's right? amazing. So um, I kind of understand there's no minimum age limit. 
There's no road signage. There's no standardized behavior. So at first I made fun of the 40 mile per hour speed limit. True. But if you think about it, if you were the average person walking in the street and there could be a car being driven by a toddler mm. and that's okay, I'd be pretty scared too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if the to- I mean, the toddler's dangerous. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, like, the legislation that's in place at this point. So the toddler and two friends yeah. <laughs> were in the car and then like... A fourth friend with a flag. Oh, to be fair, at this, at this point, the, the red flag stuff is gone okay. now. But you're still allowed in 19-0-whatever to be a baby at the wheel of a car. That is hilarious. Driving down the street at 40 miles an hour. Amazing. And not have to worry about traffic lights or any of that kind of garbage. Brings a new new meaning to the word boy racer. Oh, yeah, completely. Those, those guys who were tearing it up in 1850 are now having grandkids and kids and... They're now tearing up the streets of London. Ah, you've learned to walk. <laughs> it's time <laughs> to sit down again. <laughs> Let's have your first car. Let's get you into the motor vehicle. So um, as part of this, uh, as the continued progression of uh, regulations around driving uh, advanced, driving licenses are finally introduced in 1903. 1903? 1903, driving licenses are, are brought in. Uh, and But... So that's like 70 years till we got to driving licenses from like when cars started being a thing. Well, maybe not cars, cars. Personal locomotives yeah, and personal steam locomotives. locomotives yeah. operate by, operated by a three-man team and needing a, a flag bearer. It's like, would, would all people in the car need a flag? <laughs> what is one I think now that they were at a stage where it's like, okay, motor cars are one-person things, that one person drives one car. Got you. And so they're like, we need it. So this was brought in to be able to identify identify a vehicle and a driver yes uh it was not brought in as a way to say that you're okay to drive um, there was no exam okay it was just go to the post office get a license and have your name on it okay and it was as it, it was just that and basically just said i own a car i own this car here i am this one car of, is mine i am one of the 12 people in the country that have a car yes. and this is me and my car so i know knowing just mentioning that so from what i understand because the cars were expensive to make because they were handmade, mm-hmm. there were so few of them because they were they're really expensive. expensive. Yeah. yeah, they're expensive and they had to be imported in. At this stage, there's oh, still of no yes, of like homegrown industry. Yeah, or if it is, it's still very expensive. It's still a very much a luxury and the upper elite kind of uh, thing. Yeah, so not a lot of cars. I, I've got numbers on cars here, which is actually kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so 1903 licenses are brought in to be able to identify a driver and their vehicle. Uh, vehicles needed to be registered and licensed at a cost of 20 shillings a year. Wow. Wow. That's a pound. <laughs> what, today's money? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it says it's 20 shillings to a pound. 20 shillings to a so, pound. So, I don't know. I'll, I'm going to find out how much out. 20 shillings is in today's money. So, whilst you're doing you that, keep going. I'll just keep mentioning the, the other costs. Uh, I mean, this is at that time, right? So, a pound yeah, yeah. at that time. Um, you had to get your driving license over the counter at a post office for five shillings, which was 25p. Uh, and if you didn't sign your license, you'd be hit with an astronomical fine of £5. Absolutely outrageous. That is outrageous. Um, and then just to continue how much of a farce driving was back in the early 1900s, uh, the first cabbed meters, oh, sorry, the first metered cabs began operating in London in 1907. So the first cabs with meters. Remember, no minimum age limit. On you who could... a cab driver could be. That's hilarious. <laughs> So yeah, uh, min- so that they were like the first. So it wasn't part of a company. These were just like in, independent entrepreneurs. I, I didn't get the information on that. But so it, like almost like I feel like you know these like little Ubers who are just like 
I've got this really expensive car. And I need to make money. <laughs> I need to get my money back. <laughs> money I can I can move people at a grand rate of and it probably, 14 miles per hour. And it probably would have been more of a novelty back then, like something where... Yeah, even, that's true. Even like the rich or upper middle class would have been like, ooh, a car, let's get the car to the hanging. Or- so... So 20 shillings, was it 20 shillings a year? Yeah, it was 20 shillings a year. In 1900 money, <laughs> that would have been, in 2017, it, the worth was approximately uh, £74.26p. To keep a car registered yeah. for a year. I don't, I don't have a car. So Neither do I. <laughs> but like, fairly reasonable. Fair, fair, fair. Um, in 1900, you could buy one of the following with 19 shillings. Here we go. Because uh, I couldn't get to 20 shillings. <laughs> um, in 1900, you could buy one of the following with 19 uh, shillings. Uh, not a horse, not a cow. One, one, two days wages for a skilled tradesman. Oh. And one stone of wool. A stone of wool? Oh, I guess... Oh, I was like, stone is like a weird unit of measurement, but now it's like, like a weight, yeah. Yeah. So one stone... You could buy one stone of wool for 20 shillings. So you could do that, or you could register your car for a year. Yeah. Mm. Or it's two days' worth of, of money, <laughs> if you're a skilled tradesman. You work two days a year, and you're like, well, that's a car paid for. That's, that's, that's my... Smashed rid- it. That's my ridiculously expensive imported German car, sorted. <laughs> sorted until 1906. Uh, so, so, yeah, and then... So just the final bit on the age requirement. Minimum age requirement wouldn't be introduced until 1930. So again, wow. Yeah, it feels like long, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, they didn't know. They didn't. Well, also, they were probably distracted by World War One. They probably were distracted by World War One. They, they were like, they, we don't have to worry about the young people. They're just going to go to war. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> they won't be coming back. They're, they're not coming back. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really that's really dark. But yeah. Germany were busy. Germany were very they, so busy. They, they weren't making cars. They were double busy at this point. And, and I don't think, you know, and probably one, people weren't interested in buying anything off Germany <laughs> at that time. Um, people and, were probably burning their German cars. They're like, no, it's not German. Just smashing it. <laughs> Die, beast! <laughs> and then... <laughs> Die, Jerry! <laughs> and then... <laughs> um, probably smashing their cars and also, like, you know, bigger fish to fry yeah. in terms of, you know, not driving around... All young men are dead. Yeah, <laughs> these are all things that happened. These so. are these. Yeah, this is historical record. Exactly. So the driver growth, as you might imagine, because of things that are happening. It's the early 1900s. A lot of people are still poor. There's World War One happens, and there's not a lot of like economic growth at this point. Again, hard time for a horse to be alive. World War One. Very, very. I felt. I feel horses had it rough in the first couple of I decades. Think it sucked. <laughs> I think it sucked being a horse. That same horse who survived the Titanic drop, he gets back to Sean. He's like, oh, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I go on another boat to go overseas. Where am I going? France. Yay. <laughs> Wait. I've always wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. Poor horses. Poor horses. Uh, so, driver growth. Figures on the numbers of cars and drivers seem to be vary depending on where you look. So, take these numbers with a pinch of salt. Uh, by, the 18, by the mid-1890s, there were approximately... 15 cars in the UK. <laughs> wow. When, when I read that, I thought scattered, I missed the word. Scattered across the UK. <laughs> like mean, some sort of infinity stone. Yeah, it's like you and one of the four. It's like, I'm one of the 15. I must get in contact with the other 14 and have a really crap race. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they wouldn't have a road to have the race on. No, no, no. They were like, what's a race? I was like, <laughs> I wish they had like some sort of like signet ring. Just like Captain Planet. <laughs> But the growth did get quite exponential. So by 1900, there were approximately 800 cars in okay. circulation in the UK. Between 1921 and 1930, this increased sharply to about a million cars. Uh, 
Wow. And then by 1939, it was at about 3 million cars. But then 1939, war, Germany, you know, war effort, young men, etc., etc., etc. And also war has a horrible habit of pushing, again, driving forward to, excuse me, using the part again, driving forward, like, technology. technology. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, designing motors, designing better ways of killing people, unfortunately. I couldn't find... Um, because like, there were tanks in World War One, right? There were, but they, were, but they weren't advanced stuff. Because I mean, Cause I, I'm, I'm still tainted by World War One video games. So yeah. I'm just like, was that just put in by the game production team? I was, was there tanks? I remember. I feel a, like there were tanks, but there were. I, I, I believe there were tanks, but I believe there were still horses as well. Oh, that, yeah, yeah so, there was definitely. So horses. I imagine at some point that like it, it became a thing where they're like, we're using horses, they're using metal cars. Kind of things like we need metal cars. Well, that's I, I think I think that's the that that's like the progression, isn't it? Because yeah. it was like we're gonna go to war with our horses, and then and you know they got stuck in the mud and died, barbed wire, etc. Horrible. <laughs> and it's like okay, we can't <laughs> that use poor horse. those poor horses for honeycomb, didn't they? <laughs> and um, do you like honeycomb? Is a name for a horse? <laughs> I think it's a great name. It's for cute, a isn't horse. it? Yeah. Well, he's dead now. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that drive of. Horses aren't working. Yeah. We need something else. Yeah. Big metal monster. Yeah. Treads. Done. Got there. I'm more amazed that treads didn't become more popular in like streets and just like regular cars. It's everyone driving a treaded <laughs> mini, mini tank. Like, <laughs> a mini steam powered tank down the road. And then someone complains and they're like, what are you, a German? It's like that classic scene. It's like, goodbye kids. Goodbye, honey. It's like leaving home. It's like climbing up into my tank, dropping in. Closing <laughs> <laughs> the lid. Bye, Dad. Have a great day at work. Plunk. Just demolish the nearest. <laughs> so, we get to the 1920s. There's a lot more cars roaming about the place. Yeah. More wild Pokemon. Oh, they've, 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 they've bred, bred like rabbits. Bred like absolute lunatics. Just cars all over the gaff. German cars, French cars, some British cars probably. Uh, I'm surprised the British are just bloody cold them like we do the bloody badges. <laughs> They're like, wait, these might be useful. Some farmer let's, out there just being like, them. we need to shoot them. I would be shocked if someone did like shoot a car like first time they saw one on site. They were like, what is that? And get it off my lap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but by the 1920s, it was decided, aka realised, that they needed some kind of highway code. The need to create a compulsory and uniform code of signals for all road vehicles. Because they were like, it's a fucking mess out there. As opposed to just <laughs> flipping the bird. As, 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 as opposed to just... Getting angry and like waving your pipe at some like or your flag, yeah. all these yeah, and the flag. In terms of numbers, by 1931 there were approximately two million cars in Britain, and the average number of car-related deaths was seven thousand people a year. Wait, say the numbers again. By 1931, approximately two million cars on the road in the UK. Okay, that's quite a lot. It's quite a lot of cars. Yeah, and then it's about seven thousand people on average were dying in car-related incident incidents a year. But up to that point, that's also quite a lot. I, I couldn't figure this out. I was like, is 7,000 people a year bad considering it's 2 million cars and no rules exist? Do you know the figure for how many deaths a year there are now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I did my research. Nice. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I couldn't figure it out. I was like, is that a lot or a little? There's 2 million cars going around. No rules. They can be 12 years old. The car has no requirement. Can be years old. The, the car has no requirement for like yearly servicing. There's no traffic lights. No MOTs, there's, yeah. There's nothing like this. And only 7,000 people die a year. I was, I was thinking that was quite reasonable. Quite decent. Yeah. Uh, but clearly I'm in the morbid minority thinking that because the official, officials in positions were like, this is ridiculous. 
we need to like sort this out kind of thing. So by 1931, they made the decision to be like, they were thinking about this stuff in the 1920s and they were yeah. like, kind of like coming up with how it is. Um, so they were like, we need to standardize all of this. Now, interestingly, uh, because London, because London is London and London will keep being a progressive place, uh, London had already kind of evolved a sort of unwritten code of signals. Nice. Just by themselves. Uh, I believe the assumption was it's a busier place. There's more rich people. Uh, so more likely to have more cars and so just, you know, more need to have this stuff standardized. So they had already come up with, uh, hand signals to communicate if they were doing something like turning, right. uh, something like stopping. And this was some amazing groundbreaking idea that the people in authority were like, we need to copy this and spread it to the rest of the country. So that's it. A standard thing that everyone follows. I cannot wait to hear you describe these hand signals <laughs> over audio medium. I am so excited. I'm not going to... I think that's kind of like at most. <laughs> at most of how many hand signals were written down. I don't think it was like full on semaphore. Like I don't yeah, think it was yeah. like, you know... It essentially, someone pointed left and right. This stuff. See, I'm already doing it on audio medium <laughs> of me doing the Egyptian dance. <laughs> I was literally going to say, that's how I was going to describe it. Danny's right now doing the Egyptian dance. So a little tidbit I wrote as a side note uh, on using hand signals. Totally the norm, right? You don't have indicator lights. You don't have yeah, of course. all these things. You totally need hand signals. 100%. It's right. It's correct. Uh, people who ride bicycles now still do it. because it's, it's foolproof, right? The thing I, I thought that was funny and the thing I thought was weird was that it was totally normal to use your hand to do a signal. So sticking your right hand out of your right window to say, I'm turning right. Okay. Yeah. It was also totally normal to use a dummy hand when, <laughs> <laughs> when doing hand signals. I wonder who Jack the Ripper is. Maybe the guy using some, someone's corpse. Some a weird, weird mannequin, wooden hand, dummy hand. The reason for this was, I remember, it's still mostly fancy people driving cars. Right. And it was mostly for when it was raining. And they didn't want to get their la-di-da hands wet in the la-di-da rain. So they were like, give me the fake hand to do my hand signals. <laughs> it's like, it's like a total in my clothes. Don't let me touch the person <laughs> yeah. by accident. Just boss baby, just there, like with the dummy hand. So yeah, I was just like, what? Okay, fine. So yeah, hand signals became a thing. Oh, it's like a great scene in that new um, Korean show on Netflix. Which one? We are oh, all of us dares. I haven't seen it. Oh, there's a point when he uses a dummy hand to try and reach something and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying it. I chose a bad time to cancel my Netflix. I should, pro- I should probably re- re-sub. It's a lot of zombie goodness. It's great. <sighs> anyway. I miss Netflix. Anywho, um, so there was a precursor to Highway Code itself, a booklet titled Traffic Signals to be Used by the Police and Drivers of Vehicles. Can we go back to the dummy hand thing for one second? <laughs> I so, don't have any more information, but that was it. <laughs> so it was like, from, from what you understood, it was like, that was like, some people just did that because they were fancy. I think it, the example I was given was that normally when it was, raining that was a dummy. and and they didn't want to do this for for the listeners that i'm sticking my hand out pretending this is me sticking my hand out of a window to say i'm turning right and was it hand shaped was it arm yeah it, okay. i think because it was like a it dummy was literally hand. A i think dummy it was like arm. so imagine you're driving you got your arm your hands at 10 and 2 yeah and then you're like Good i need to nuts. turn right very sensible don't you? I like so that. sensible I'm, i need to turn right but it's raining what do i do oh yeah i've got the dummy hand in the passenger seat if it exists and so you just reach over, pick up the dummy hand, and stick it out the window. <laughs> I wonder if there was just like some absolute monster who would just like drive around and just like With use the dummy hand to slap people. <laughs> also, because they're going at a rise of forty miles per hour, it's outrageous. But also remember, everyone—it's 
early 1900s, everyone's still smoking like seven cigarettes like at yeah. a time. So you're also smoking like... Got your pipe on. Pipe, you got your pipe, you got your hand at 10 and 2, or you got your hand at 2, other hands grabbing the dummy hand and you're sticking it out the window and then... Crossing and, your crossing your crossing arms. Crossing your arms. Or you probably like do that and then do this. Which you should never do when you're driving. So yeah, so I'm doing a lot of hand motions here, but basically it was probably a mess. So there's yeah. probably a reason indicator lights eventually got invented. Oh, I mean, taking your hands off the wheel is a bad idea anyway. Well, at the time. At the time. At the time, give a shit, cool. At the time. <laughs> at the time, driving your knees, who cares? All right, I'm, I'm ready to move on from the dummy hands. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> so. We are just so, so funny. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Me and you, yes. And yeah, also, as just, just everyone. As a species, yeah. <laughs> so there was a precursor to the highway code itself, the book titled Traffic Signals to be Used by the Police and Drivers of Vehicles mm. to help give some kind of... Uh, standardization of the rules. Uh, the first highway code booklet was introduced in the, on the 14th of April, 1931, and it cost a penny, and it had 18 pages on how to be a good driver, and proper etiquette on driving. Uh, my favourite quote from it, or the choice quote that was on uh, the website where I was reading all this, was, uh, this was advised to drivers of horse-drawn vehicles to rotate the whip above the head, then incline the whip to the right or the left to show the direction in which you're turning. Okay. I have no idea what that looks like. Yeah. So you've got a whip. Right. And you raise it above... So rotate the whip above the head. Right, so hold on. Like, you, <laughs> I'll do it and you explain it to me. So I'm holding a whip in my so, right so, hand. So they say rotate the whip above the head. I don't know if they mean your own head or the horse's head. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why is the horse involved? Because this is only for drivers of horse-drawn vehicles. Oh, okay. So that's why you have a... Why, why would you have a whip if you weren't with this a is horse? Why I was, that's, why I was, that's why I was confused. So, so if you're a driver of a car with a whip in the car... <laughs> I've, I've always replaced it for the dummy hand. Right, so I'm, I, I've got... I'm, on, I'm in my carriage. Uh-huh. Right, I've got my whip in my right hand. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, then incline the whip to the right or the left to show the direction in which the turn is to be made. I'm uh, going to the right, so okay. I, I just thought I'd keep flicking towards the right. There. I wonder how many people got hurt doing that, <laughs> 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 or if they accidentally whipped the horse and made it turn left because they were whipping it on. I don't know. I don't know how how it works. I don't know how horses work. <laughs> so yeah, but, but but just again, just to give context, this is the highway code. Yeah, and it's talking about horse-drawn carriages and how to operate them properly because remember like how like convoluted things were written back then as well right it's just i don't you know what i don't know because it's 18 pages so i have a feeling it's, it's probably bad. it's quite brief and it was also the the first edition of the highway code was also the only one to have advertisements in it for like other car related nice. uh, services and companies special snake oil car shampoo exactly well this is the thing it's like because a lot of companies are quite old uh like things like bp were already like advertising it because BP had already been established by that point. Yeah. Um, Did you say it was a penny for the highway code? It was a penny for the highway code. Oh, have you still got a... It's, uh, that would have been 33p. Mm. Not bad for a bit. Very, no, that's very reasonable. I'll say that. Um, so they sold a whole bunch. The highway code included... So because it was the first edition, it included nothing about signs because there were no signs. Yeah. <laughs> included nothing about mirrors because cars didn't have mirrors. Uh, and it included nothing about driving under the influence of alcohol because no one gave a toss back then. No. So you could be a toddler driving a car <laughs> drunk <laughs> at night and no one could say anything. Roving gangs of intoxicated <laughs> toddlers. Boy races all over the gaff. Um, and reminder, the Highway Code was introduced to try and encourage and educate correct driving behaviour and etiquette. Yeah. It wasn't required reading. It wasn't required to drive a car. So you, do, you didn't have to spend your penny on it. If you, you didn't have to. to spend your hard-earned penny on anything if you didn't want to. Fine. Because the driving test didn't come into effect until 1935. 
1935, they first introduced a driving test. In fairness, I thought you were going to say something way later than that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> There's only four years after the highway code, so mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. All right. It's That's not that bad. Yeah. So you've got about 40 years of people sort of driving terribly. And then you yeah. get to 1935 and it's like, okay, we need to sort this out. And we're still on like 40 miles per hour at this point, right? I believe so. I think it might have been increased, but I couldn't find the exact legislation. Okay. I got really sick of reading re- legislation from the, from the <laughs> 1930s at this point. I was like, this is not how I want to spend my weekend. I was like, deli- delightful, uh, delightful reading. So really transports you. The first driving test would come in 1935. At first they were voluntary, as if to say, we are going to make this mandatory. But it can be voluntary at first. So if you want to get it out of the way, get it out of the way. Oh, nice. Kind of thing. So voluntary at first and then became mandatory uh, later in 1935. Now, this, I found the most amazing film. And it was produced, uh, it was made in 1935, produced in part by Ford, the car company, and Pathé. You know, the, the film studio Pathé. I think they No way. Because Pathé used to do like loads of old school British. Chicken run. Yeah. But, but, they, but when they started it, they did like a lot of kind of like, um, national, not national service, like public broadcasts kind of things. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, well, this, that's where only TVs were, were there. Yeah. Yeah. So it was things like, you know, like, there's this one is, channel. It's, it's like, like when first learning about these amazing new things. Ah, oh, this is the London Underground. When you first learn to, to go on the underground, you know, that kind of garbage. Danny, you know, I love that voice. I love that voice. That is the, not, yeah, it's completely it's the so wrong good. voice. If you listen, I'm going to, it's a shame I can't like play any of this or show it to you right now. This short film of, it's called like taking your, your driving exam or something. 1935, narrated by some famous actor at the time. So Mal, uh, like Mal, Malcolm Campbell, I think it is. Oh, that actually rings a bell, yeah. Um, and it is incredible. Amazing. It's seven minutes of just a guy of, of showing you how your driving exam will take place. Um, and it starts with like, never be scared. Your driving examiner is not here to chastise you. He is here to help you learn the ways of the road. Kind of, you know, that kind of. And is that like an old timey, timey, wimey guy just like smiling at the camera and being like in the car? Like? No, no. You know what? It feels relatively modern in the sense that it's kind of like documentary-esque. It's like, it's just one normal guy mm. looking very dapper because it was the 30s. So yeah. to do your driving exam, you wear a hat and a full three-piece suit and, nice. a, fl- and a flashes Mac. Um, and you go into this place, you know, for, it says, you know, big sign saying driving exam. Uh, the thing that threw me is the fact that in 1935, it shows the guy and the examiner going into the car, old timey 1930s car with no indicators, no mirrors, none of that. And the car has an L plate, a modern looking r- red letter wow. L plate. And I was like, it looks so out of place because the, the, the L font is the exact same as what we have now. Don't think it's the way it broke. It's it's a white square with a red L and it's at the front of the car for the exam. And I was like, that looks so out of place. It looks so out of time. I thought it would have been like a really like calligraphy-esque kind mm. of L or something yeah. fancy. But the fact that it looks exactly the same, it looks like Doctor Who put it there from like the future yeah. or something. Because um, he realised it would be important. Like a, so. like a doctored or photoshopped uh, It looks photograph. fake. It looks so fake when I saw it. So I was like amazed. And do, like, do cars have like roofs at this point yeah 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 <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. i've seen a picture of an old car and it's just like they've got like a, a rain cover like a, no no, no, no. Like a, a there, there, there's a, a, like by this point like like big companies are making like production cars for okay. making cars they've got hard so there's glass now there's glass right okay there's not necessarily uh you don't of... have to wear goggles anymore no no, no. glass 
No, no, you don't have to do that. Uh, it's, it's, it's relatively looking, it's looking like a relatively modern car. Cool. At this point. It's still missing things. Things like, like I said, mirrors, mirrors. aren't a thing at this point, but it's. Cause gonna, who needs to look behind you? Who needs it? They, they even show in the, uh, in the short film, they show it like, here's how to properly reverse. And it's just the driver just like looking back, like turning over. And like, cause there's no mirrors. It's him like looking behind him and doing that whole maneuver thing. So the thing that kind of surprised me besides the modernity of uh, the L plate was also, uh, the things that have been exactly the same since the first, uh, since the first exams were introduced. So it starts with an eyesight test. You still have to like, you know, read plates from a certain distance before you get started. You have to then do some questions, but there was no theory test. Yeah. Basically, before you start the practical, here's three questions from the highway code. Did you pack this bag? Yeah. <laughs> Yourself! <laughs> the guys are sweating like, oh, I didn't. Um, so yeah, so they do an eyesight test, then it would ask you a couple of questions on the highway code, and then you'd get going. And I hate What to- length of dummy arm would you use <laughs> to <laughs> signal left? It's ridiculous, because that probably was a thing. <laughs> you had to know, because you, you had to know the hand signals. Yeah. Like, that was part of the exam. You had to give signals for slowing down, turning, and telling the person behind you to overtake you. That, that was one of the hand signals. So, for the listeners, so turning right was sticking your hand horizontally out of the window. Okay. Stopping was like doing this kind of thing, like out the window. Yeah. So all of this is out the window because the person behind you has to be able to see it. So is it like the the whole like classic like military thing when you watch like predators and someone puts their fist yeah, up in the air? Yeah, like, like, that kind of. Thing. <gasps> and then something ahead. And then the funniest thing was um, like overtaking, which is just you know the because there's no brake light. There's no brake light. So you, if you're going to stop the car, the person suddenly, won't know. You have to like yeah. Wow. Okay. That kind of thing. And uh, here's a fun little bit uh, that they mentioned in the film. They they specify they're like do not if you're smoking because everyone smoked back then yeah. children everyone if you're smoking oh, whilst you, driving it was, it was good for you doctors recommended it uh, if you're smoking and driving they were like don't flick your ash out the window and I was like that seems pretty progressive actually because yeah. it's like you know I don't know how much of an impact it makes but you know not flicking your ash out the window you know it's a good etiquette kind of thing yeah. don't don't ash up the roads but then they say don't flick your ash out the window you might give the driver behind you a wrong signal as in they thought that the action of, yeah. of flicking ash would be mistaken. He's as a turning hand right. Thing. It's like, oh, he's telling me to overtake or something like that, and then there's a horrible crash. Yeah, and then someone other... just comes up beside you and just steals a cigarette out of your hand, <laughs> speeds off. Yunk. Um, and the film is incredible because there's like horse-drawn carts still in it. There's like guys pushing like ice cream carts on the road, oh, and then they have this whole thing where they tell you about how not to drive, and they reenact or recreate like, the do's and don'ts of driving. Basically, yeah, they're like. If you come to a crossroads, stop, because that's, you know, you don't want to just plow through traffic or whatever. And they show it like they, I, they, whatever the equivalent was of 1931 stunt drivers, they must have had it because they show really scary looking maneuvers in it. They show people like coming out of turnings and not stopping and the cars like, like having to stop behind them because it's like mm. a sudden car in front of them or like crossroads where different lanes of uh, cars are just about to crash into each oh, other. Oh, that must have been so fun to film. Well, I don't know because it looks very scary. And the funniest part is there's bystanders, like pedestrians just walking along the road. Extras. And they either look like really good actors because they look horrified when these things are happening <laughs> or they are actually genuine people who don't know that this is being filmed. And they're like, what's That's the-? incredible. And like I say, they don't know they're being filmed. They're probably like, what is film? Yeah. <laughs> what is recording? Um, I'm going to be in the cinema. <laughs> 
You're going to steal my image? I mean, the moving pictures. You're, you're stealing my soul <laughs> and putting it for everyone else to see. Uh, and and like so some some of the tests just haven't changed. You have to be able to do, you know, show you can park properly, do a start on a hill uh, and do a three point turn. And the whole time the commentary is just rinsing you. It's like, if you if you mess this up, your examiner won't be happy kind of thing. And it's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the confidence boost. Thanks. And it ends on a very wholesome note, which is... Um, we shall have the pleasure of greeting you as a member of the Fellowship of the Road. Oh, <laughs> that's really nice. I think back then it was probably less common, so it's like a little, a fancy little group. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. You get to be part of us. Oh, it's just, I guess it's not a boys club, isn't it? But I do love the name, <laughs> Fellowship of the Road. I couldn't believe when it And my axe. <laughs> and my beetle. Um, and just another side thing, there were no test centres, there were no predetermined locations i was stuff. gonna i was gonna say like how do you learn how to drive in order to be able to do the exam because obviously like yo <laughs> <laughs> your instructor is not going to be happy with you if you can't do a three-point turn it's like well, how would like wait uh, what opportunity would you have to practice it so because it wasn't as stringent back then it wasn't like the hardcore like test we have yeah. now so back then it was literally just Learn how a car works, and you probably just do this yourself with your family, with the family car or whatever. On your grand estate, because yeah, you're on your grand estate, because you're, anyway. you're absolutely rich. Um, and then you just have to study the highway code. You have to, you have to nu- really knuckle down and study mm. those eighteen pages. Oh yeah, uh, eighteen pages. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so bloody easy. Um, and and make sure you're just able to answer those questions, and then just not drive like a lunatic because there's less to understand about the car. You know, it's almost like gentleman driving. It is. I mean, again, you're taking a test in your bowler hat and your three-piece suit Love it. whilst you're sharing a cigarette or whatever. I mean, not with your examiner. I mean, you're both having a cigarette at the time. <laughs> and then you're like, where's the dummy hand? Oh, it's here. Um, I'm pretty so- sure you could have got arrested for sharing a cigarette back then. <laughs> with another man. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. I think it's the idea of like, just two guys like, hiding their romance <laughs> by pretending to be like a learner and an examiner <laughs> <laughs> when can I next see you <laughs> taste my saliva my cigarette. <laughs> it's like we kissed <laughs> get the dummy hand <laughs> what is this it's episode like, it's like stroking someone's face with a dummy hand because you're actually touched them <laughs> Robert you know I'll always be here for you <laughs> some, some passerby was like stroke stroke some stroke. passerby was like he said he used a dummy hand Strange. It wasn't raining. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this episode has become. Whatever. I don't care. Um, so, but to answer the original question, yeah, there were no test centres, so you just had to organise with an examiner beforehand. I'll meet you here. Okay. And I was like, you're just on the phone, being like, I'll meet you by the post office. Again, nothing suspect. I'm just meeting you for an exam. Yeah. Uh, and, that, <laughs> and and that was it. And then, interestingly enough, so in 1939, war, Natch, uh, driving tests were suspended. They were suspended for the entirety of the war up until 1946. Yeah. Uh, during the war, examiners were redeployed to traffic duties and supervision of fuel rationing. So rations were a thing, fuel rationing was yeah. a thing. People probably driving less and less cars about. Even the Queen drove cars. Even the, the Queen was out there driving her Jeep, helping out. Like a maniac. Like, sure. a, <laughs> like a royal dummy hand. lunatic. D- dummy hand at the go, at the ready. Cigarette in one hand, royal dummy hand. We are hand. ready. <laughs> Make way, pedestrians. Uh, and the only other time, strangely enough, that the, that the driving exams would be suspended would be between 1956 and 1957 during the Suez Crisis. Just okay, yeah. 
for some reason. Examiners helped to administer petrol rations during this time as well. Mm. I don't know. I tried to read up on a sewers crisis. I know it was kind of a thing, but I don't know the details and why it led to... So we know it's a thing. It's a thing. And um, that's what we know. Yeah. Okay. Much. It happened. It happened. It was a thing where the Suez Canal... Uh, oh, the Suez Canal. Of yeah, course, the Suez yeah. Canal's ownership like came into contention and there was like... All kinds of things that I didn't have a chance to read up on. Maybe so whenever the military it. needed petrol, I, th- I think pedestrians were like, I believe everyone stop cars. Basically, yeah. Because we need cars. We need cars. You guys... And then once we've dealt with this, you can have cars back. You toddlers have to go back to being toddlers. You're yeah. not allowed to drive anymore. Cool. Um, so yeah, so so that was uh, the beginnings of the driving exam. From 1946 onwards, they would continue to be updated. Because there's like omnibuses and stuff at this point, isn't there? Like... How do you mean? Like, there's like buses now. Oh, buses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like omnibuses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's, you know, more and more of this stuff coming along. And then as cars continue to evolve and Mm -hmm. as driving behavior continues to evolve, the exams continue to evolve just to try and keep up with it. Uh, and try, like, keep up with changing infrastructure. Because when I say infrastructure, I mean things like zebra crossings only got invented or introduced in 1951. Mm. So again, that feels like a long time ago. And at the same time, I'm like, you never had these yeah. kind of thing, which is a weird way to think of it. And motorways, the first of which was introduced in 1958. Uh, and just in the spirit of absolute disregard for safety, the first motorway, or, or sorry, when the, when the M1 was opened, it had no speed limit, no central reservation, no crash barriers, and no motorway lighting. Good Lord, I don't know what you would do if you were out driving at night. So it was literally just an open road that was just like... <laughs> just keep going. Go. Yeah, good <laughs> luck. Try and get home before dark. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow. Was that even like... Was that even... Not Obviously, there was like two sides to it, I hope. I hope. You stick to one side when you're going one way. I'd hope, yeah. Well, okay. no, I, I hope. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> All the people who, who rode on it back then we just never made it back. We don't go to the M1 anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and, the, and the average pass rate back in 1950 for the practical was uh, 50%. Oh. Uh, and modern day pass rate is 46%. So I was about to say we suck now, but also it's become harder and way more people take it now compared mm, to before. True. Um, and then you had the post-war boom, so... The 40s kind of sucked. The 50s still kind of sucked. Rationing, I think, lasted quite a couple of years after World War II. But by the 60s, everything's rebuilt. People are prosperous. Everything is way better. Uh, this is where we start to see the post-war boom. Uh, and naturally, this is when people wanted to, more people wanted cars. More people had money. Yeah. More people had houses. More people wanted to get about more. And so... Peace and love. Peace. Well, well, I mean, it's kind of like before peace and love. This is still like, we love capitalism and we love having money. <laughs> um... <laughs> in their houses. Uh, and so the, the numbers of drivers or car ownership jumped from 30% to 50% in the span of a decade. So 30% of all houses to now half of all houses have a car, yeah. which is a pretty big deal back then. Uh, very good for the automotive industry, very bad for safety and fatal incidents. Okay. Um, so at the peak, the absolute peak of road, uh, road related fatal incidents was in 1966, 7,985 people, uh, died in a year so from that point they were like this is enough this is ridiculous uh from that year all new cars had to have seatbelts installed okay. so from 1966 any new car being made or imported or whatever had to have seatbelts installed but you might notice it wasn't compulsory to wear them in the front seats until 1983 1983 for the front right wow so it was only the passengers that were wearing seatbelts it's just anyone in the front 
it, it was only mandatory for anyone in the front from 1983. Yeah. Before 1983, you could have seatbelts there and no one would ever wear them. They didn't have to. It was oh, personal gosh. preference back then. Um, but then... It's like, if you wanted to live... That if, was you, probably, if you felt laissez-faire, just don't Yeah, know. they're probably like, it's my choice to not wear a seatbelt. Just do your research. It's my choice. Just do your research. Like, don't listen to, like, everyone else. Yeah. I've done my own research. I did it. And I found out that people who wear seatbelts still sometimes die. So, you know, <laughs> what's the point? I'm not going to get into it. Um, so that was 1983 where it became compulsory if to wear seatbelts if you were in the front seat, the driver or the front passenger. It wouldn't be until 1991 where it became compulsory to wear them in the back seats. It took eight years for them to be like, maybe the people in the back should live. <laughs> 1991. 1991. We were born and... It, we, were lu- we, were, we were lucky to be born then. We were, yeah. Well, ish. Yeah, well, well, the year four, but like, you know, we so, were too young to get into cars then. 1991. But did you find out when the age limit changed? For driving? Yeah. Oh, well, the minimum requirement came in the 19, in 1930. Okay. To, but I think that was to like 16 or 17. Or yeah, something. It's still insane, but what was the average life expectancy in 1930? Yeah. Like 45 or something. They were like, ah, 16 is old enough. It's fine. Don't worry yeah, about true. it. So, from a peak of 7,985 deaths in 1966, the average annual figure of fatal incidents in 2019 is now 1,870. That is a substantial drop-off. So, that's rules and regulations, seatbelts, better cars, better uh, stringent stringent requirements for passing to learn to drive. Uh, And it was 1,370 in 2021, but obviously not as... Many cars still, on the road, less pedestrians Still covid things happening. Uh, but that's not bad, considering, especially considering the number of people driving is substantially high. Yeah, exactly. So massively, massively increased numbers of people driving and lower number of accidents. So Because if you think about the ratio of how many cars are on the road to how many people are de- dead. Yeah, it's way, 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 way different. different now. So, yeah. Um, and and that's to- including now, especially... Also, we were just talking about the UK, especially mm. including how many bikes and stuff there mm. are on the road now. And like with new technology, like s- scooters and like all, all sorts of things on the roads now and like motorbikes and stuff. So that's like, yeah, that is huge change, bad. huge difference. It's very not bad. Um, and then obviously, as time progressed and we talk about things like the evolution of car tech. So mm. I'm just going to rattle off some dates for when some key things got added to cars. Okay. So by 1908, modern, in massive quotation marks, Modern cars had headlights, windscreens, rubber tyres, and number plates. This is by 1908. Okay. So they had... Rubber tyres. Cool. Rubber tyres, yeah. <laughs> you know, it didn't have, like, metal shreds. <laughs> so it's fine. Metal rims. Uh, me- mechanical windscreen wipers were introduced in 1916, but wouldn't be standard until the 30s. Okay. Um, flashing indicators in 1939. There were also semaphore indicators. So have you ever seen in really old cars where, like, a little light kind of flicks out to the side of a car? So it comes, it kind of comes, kind of comes out of the driver window thing, or that. No, it, it's like a little light that flicks out the side instead of uh, a flashing stationary light. That's it's, cool. It's like a mechanical thing that, that flips out. Yeah, uh, makes you think of something from like wacky races. Yeah, when, like, it feels very wacky. When races. when like something comes out of the, like these like the 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 knives come out of the wheels yeah. of wacky races, <laughs> like these like little signal indicators. So yeah, so those were cool. Uh, key ignition started uh, starting with a key ignition was developed in 1949. Why are they starting the cars before That's that? exactly what I wrote here. I was like, no idea what they did before this. I'm going to assume it was that thing where you had to like turn a hand crank at the front <laughs> and to get it yeah. going or whatever. Uh, 1958 seatbelts are finally fitted as standard. Yeah. Um, airbags only became a regular occurrence in cars in Europe in the 1980s, but they were in existence in the US from 1950s. Oh. So it's kind of at this point we see like 
the US is a bigger car manufacturer yeah. and they're kind of like doing more widespread thing. Uh, but strangely enough, airbags, right? There's no legal requirement for a car to have them. Right. Now. Okay. Which I thought was insane because seatbelts are a legal requirement, mm-hmm. but airbags aren't. So you can. That's strange. So, so yeah. So so I believe most cars now they come with like at least a driver airbag, a standard or whatever. Right. But you can't. You probably could buy a car that didn't have airbags, and there's no law against that, which I don't know of. I didn't know that. I yeah. thought they came as standard for every car had an airbag. Yeah, because it's kind of insane. It's like yeah, we'll save the driver. We don't have to worry about the rest. Well, of now them. I'm like terrified about the cars I have driven, <laughs> and like how many of them had airbags and how many of them didn't. <laughs> And then the last bit of tech, uh, which is something I didn't know existed at all until reading this, was um, pedestrian airbags. They protect protect pedestrians in a collision. These are airbags that are underneath the bonnet of the car. So if you accidentally hit someone, cool, and they, and I guess not hitting someone's cool, by the way. No, Sorry. No, no, totally not. I wouldn't recommend it's it. It's not actually cool. But it's like if uh, if the car senses it's collided with a person at a certain speed it triggers an airbag underneath the bonnet so that the person isn't hitting their head on the bonnet, they're hitting it on an airbag, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, that's a thing that Volvo... That's cool. That's a thing that Volvo introduced in 2012, and I've never heard of it. Well, I mean, like, a lot of things have to happen for yeah. that pedestrian to hit that airbag. <laughs> yeah. It's like you've got... An, 2012! Like, you have to know that, that that a person is about to be hit by your the, I car. think the car knows... It's when a car knows a certain ah, collision or something. soft like and fleshy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the soft and fleshy sensors on the front and yeah. the bumpers is fine. And it's like, how but then how does the airbag get through the bonnet? I'm sure there's a very clever way. But I'm just like I'm just picturing this like bonnet flying off and there being an airbag. Honestly. But there must be like a little hole for it to start go out through. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't work. Because like I said, I have I'm heard also it. picturing it like balloon <laughs> then catapulting poor pedestrian, <laughs> flinging it away from the car. Like, causing more damage. I, yeah, it's like, I don't want blood in my car, thanks. Airbag deploy, douche, and like fire this person away from the car. And it gives you like a better opportunity to get away. <laughs> they just go flying, smash their face, face on like the side of my cassette. Yeah. Like Takeshi's Castle. Maybe, maybe there's a reason it's not that widespread now. Um, so yeah, so those are all the, the advancements. In Unless the, the airbag inflates to then lift the car out of the way from the pedestrian. <laughs> After the situation. It's like straight into the air. That'd be sick. That full ton. Exactly, from Mega 75. That'd be great. That'd be a great way to get out of any scenario where you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. Well, I wouldn't want to be the driver anymore. You, you just go, boop, and your car floats into the sky. Yeah, higher balloon it. Yeah. That's great. That, that, that might be the next uh, development in car tech. Fantastic. It could, it could be. Uh, and then there's just a bunch of modernizations to like laws so um things like cars and motorcycles before you only needed the one license to be able to drive either okay just do the one test for some reason it was decided that if a person did a test for a motorcycle to drive a motorcycle it was decided that if they pass a test they are also allowed to drive a a car they're two very very different they're very different things yeah I wouldn't be. I would not feel comfortable no. jumping on a motorbike. <laughs> but back then, they didn't care. They were like, "Oh yeah, cool, okay. Oh, you know how to drive a motorbike? Cool, get right. in a car." Sure. Um, the first drink drive laws wouldn't come into effect until 1967, so you could get absolutely. Oh, that feels late. You could get absolutely off your nut until 1966 and go drive a bus. I wonder. <laughs> I'm to think. I wonder what like the prosecution was back then. It was just like, which well, was just like, okay, you ran someone over. It's just like, okay, just manslaughter. Shouldn't have been drunk, you idiot. It's like, oh yeah, we know why. He was drunk. Okay. Great. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm shocked that the numbers weren't higher for, in terms of like fatalities and injuries up till then yeah. because of that. Because you know that people were probably still drinking a lot back then. They're like, it's post-war. Yeah, 100%. Um, and we didn't have prohibition in this country either. No, no, no. We never did any of that. Uh, driving instructors only officially got official like driving instructor status in 1970. So before then, it could be any old cowboy just teaching you <laughs> and just hoping that you pass. <laughs> Uh, yeah. he's just teaching you how to drive on a horse <laughs> back in my day our cars were furry and yeah so I don't Honey go <laughs> she's back um, in 1975 candidates no longer had to demonstrate arm signals so the hand signals sticking out your arm having a dummy hand all that stuff was no longer required only in it's the, a real shame in 1975 it's a real shame I think probably who would want to do that now it'd, it'd bring a whole new meaning to happy slapping <laughs> Just driving past. <laughs> Someone just taking them out. And then something that I didn't know about, or something that I think is the latest edition of all, it wasn't until 1996 that the theory exam existed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So before, we, so we were born in an era where it just gets harder and harder. It's getting harder and harder. But at the same time, I'm like, good. Like, yeah, it's true. Like, Cut the week from the shaft, man. So, because, <laughs> like, yeah, so before 1996, instead of uh, a theory exam, it was just answer a couple of questions on the highway code. But to be fair, the highway code, I think, was probably a lot bulkier than 18 pages at yeah. this point and didn't have references to how to drive a horse carriage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was 1996, which is kind of weird. And also, fun fact, when first introduced, the pass mark for the theory test was 26 out of 35. That doesn't seem that difficult. 26 out of 35. Still, like, the, the top range, was that, about, about 60%, 60%? It's not that difficult. And I think they realised it wasn't that difficult because they amended it only three months later to 30 out of 35. Okay. Fine. So they were like, yeah, that's too much. Uh, and just uh, for those curious, the, nowadays in uh, Year of Our Lord 2022, it's now 43 out of 50 that you have to get right. So in a way, not that bad. In a way, kind of bad. But I sh- I thought that way more questions had been added than that. Because mm. I, I always hear like, oh, every year they update, they add more questions. They've added 15 more questions in 25 years. Yeah. That's not that bad. No. So that was fine. And then, yeah, there was just various updates. 2003, first time candidates could book their practical exam using the internet. Nice. Like me, I did like that. Like you, you did that. In 2017, only from 2017 now... Did wait? When did you do your test? Uh, twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. So you didn't even do this mm. in twenty seventeen. The exam changed to include following directions from a sat nav. Oh, I did that. I did that myself. Though. Oh, did you? I okay, did that unofficially. Cool. That was my when I was in Thailand. That was all I did. Yeah. Was follow Google. <laughs> but apparently, the way it works in in the exam now is that at some point the inst- the examiner will just pull out a tom tom from somewhere, plug it in, and be oh, like, Jesus. "Listen to this," and just do that for ten minutes now. Just follow what the tom tom says. Oh, easy. I can do that. Easy. Uh, and that was the last development on the driving exam. And then TomToms are now completely irrelevant. They're, so they're completely irrelevant. So, <laughs> so whoever wrote that part of the exam has now got to like change. It's like, oh, fine. fine. Just any sat-nav, whatever. Just plug your phone in. Who cares? Looking to the future, cars will continue to advance. I wouldn't be shocked if at some point they have to include the usage of self-driving because a lot of cars yeah, of are starting to introduce self-driving. And yeah, that is the history of the driving exam and learning to drive in the UK up until now. I'm, I'm going to ask the question that I'm sure every viewer wants to wants to ask. On the tip of their tongue. On the tip of their tongue. And, and, and we're desperate for the answer for, especially me. Um, <laughs> how far away are we from the James Bond submarine car? <laughs> <laughs> oh, why do I feel like it's already happened? 
I mean, there are what's the, I can't what are they called? They're called something vehicles. They're called like aqua vehicles. No, no. Oh, uh, oh. oh um, high. <laughs> Uh, are, you, are you talking about cars that can go underwater? Yes. Or like they're multi-terrain. Yeah, well, yeah, say it again. Amphibious vehicles or... Yes. It's like they have like treads and they can like go on water and then they can they come can go, out of the water. I know they can go on water. I mean, like strange I remember Richard Branson had that car that he drove across a channel in. Oh, cool, yeah. yeah. So he did that, but not underwater. Not underwater, underwater, yeah. That's a very specific question. I had no idea you were going in that direction. What, my submarine James Bond? Yeah, how come you were thinking about that? I was. I think you were just talking about, like, it was all oh, timeline of advancements, and I was just like... I think that a lot of people talk about the future being flying cars, rather than uh, submersible cars. Interesting. I, I don't think it'll ever happen. Well, I think it's easier to do with the pressure of the skies than it is to do with the pressure of the deep sea. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever happen, because we, as, we, as we've discovered in this episode, people are lunatics... People, people, if given the option, will people drive. just go in the water. You never see them again. People, <laughs> if given the option and given the ability, they will drive like lunatics. And if they have machinery in their hands, they will act like lunatics. Yeah. Now imagine that in the sky, <laughs> <laughs> no, or underwater, you. or underwater, underwater. Fine, you go deal with the shark. I don't care. Yeah. But if you're in the sky, it's like oh, you probably. It's, there's way more things to crash it. It's like way more damage. There was 1,200 deaths this year. How many of those were shark related? <laughs> Several. Uh, I, I think I, I also got there because I was thinking about wacky races, things coming out the side of the car. And I was thinking about little water wings. Um, Danny, that was awesome. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that journey. I'm, I'm glad, glad you enjoyed it. I had, there were more dates and stuff, but I was like, these don't matter. There's just boring regulation updates and now 16 year olds are allowed to drive, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I found it fascinating. It kind of makes me want to focus more on learning to drive. Yeah. Kind of. Join the Fellowship of the Road. The Fellowship of the Road. Join the Boys Club. Um, there, and there is that whole thing about there's like learner courses. Oh, sorry, not learner courses. Pass Plus or Plus Pass courses. Um, intensive ones. No, 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 no. There's a thing. So there, there was another thing called uh, the Pass Plus Scheme, where it gives new drivers a chance to do a course on things such as motorway, nighttime and country road driving. Oh, so it's like you're qualified to drive a car, you can do it. But now, then this is like, if you want to do a bit stuff. more advanced driving. Well, also certain certain career paths require you to 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 drive in a particular yeah. way like uh, policemen and ambulance drivers are incredible drivers to be able to get through weave through traffic you've got to be so careful so alert you've got to know like there's so many things like i don't know what you have to know but i'm sure <laughs> there's a lot. i'm sure there's like a, yeah very advanced driving courses as well yeah no there's a lot there i was just shocked because I, I this was before i was studying this but when i was actually learning to drive and i was i, I asked my instructor i was like hey it's all about like learning to drive at night and stuff like when would i do that she's like that wouldn't happen now that's only if you want to do the pass plus thing and i was like really mm. that shocked me because i was like so people are allowed to be qualified to drive a car and at they, night. like if they pass, they can get into a car with their whole family, drive at night on a motorway, on the way to a country road, having done none of that before. And yeah. I was like, that, that to me, I feel that could be a candidate for something in the future where like, this is now a mandatory part. But it's funny because some people say, yeah, probably, especially if like, if, if deaths ever like change. But it's funny that people say they couldn't imagine learning to drive in London. It must be such a pain. Yeah. I found it absolutely fine. And like, it's easier because the speed limit is so slow, <laughs> straight miles per hour. It's just like, okay, like, I'm not gonna, like, really, I can't cause that much damage. Yeah. I mean, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not really gonna cause that much damage. Um, but then, le- I, learning to drive as a countryside kid, 
in like the UK must be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I've done it's it. like people speed down those thin, tiny country lanes. The first time at like ninety, like the Ed Sheeran song, and like that is terrifying. The first time my instructor was like, "Okay, we're going to be going down country roads." I'm like, "All right," and she's like, "What gear are you in?" Fourth, and she's like, "What can we do?" Go up to fifth, and she's like, "Bingo, go up to fifth. and I'm like. Why are we doing fifth gear down this country road where there's no signage and no marks? Exactly. And a tractor might come out of nowhere or exactly. I might hit a cow. I don't know. Um, but yeah. You're definitely going to hit that guy with the flag in front of you. <laughs> <getting> that fast. <laughs> so yeah, we've come, we've come a long way since the man with the flag. Danny, that was, that, there was so much in that. I've, I've, I've learned a lot. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, um, I'm glad we've all been educated now. I, I feel so educated. Um, are you going to ask me the question? Um, I realised we didn't do this. We, we, did, we didn't do this last time. Is, I, I, forgot, I forgot to ask. I, I forgot, we, we I forgot both to tell you. It was, it was the joint responsibility. Yeah. I've got to ask you to ask me. Yeah. But are you still 30 for knowledge? Um, always. 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 Always, always still 30 for knowledge. So but but that, was, that was fascinating. Thank you. So, so interesting. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Hopefully everyone listening, hope you enjoyed it or got some kind of insight into the madness that is the driving process here. If you have any questions to see how Danny's driving lessons are going, please email <laughs> us at 30 com, and I'm sure he'll be as honest as I as he was at the beginning of the episode <laughs> when I called him an old man. Um, and follow us at 30 for knowledge at Instagram. We've got some plans. We didn't, again, the sandwiches are coming. The sandwiches are coming. Unfortunately my my normal life calls me to calls me away so can't do sandwiches today and i keep trying to ignore the sandwiches because i don't want to do them um but um, <laughs> i will make us do them the next time we meet to record we are definitely going to to create a video which also means we're going to have a youtube channel at some point i imagine yes i keep saying i'm going to do it and i keep forgetting because my real life also gets in the way but yes which is a real shame okay. if you don't want us to have real lives if that's something that interests you, let us know and we'll start <laughs> Patreon and um, we, will, we will cease to have real lives and um, commit everything to this. But but for now, we will continue to be lame, be, be lame, adults and work you know, on regular jobs. jobs. Oh, no more jobs! <laughs> um, I, I just like, that's a James Acast bit. Was, yeah, no more jobs. I thought I thought I thought you just had enough and just yeah. Me, that's out. what me and my girlfriend shout when we go to bed. It's like, <laughs> that's it. We, we actually shout no more jobs and you turn the light off. <laughs> that's how you know you're an adult. <laughs> but thank you for listening. Uh, I've been George. I've been Danny. Thank you, Danny, again. That's great. No worries. Anytime. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Tara.